Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Four Jack Podcast. On today's episode, our guest is former professional surfer and host of the Golf and Stuff Podcast, Mr. Blair Wheeler. Blair has recently transitioned into the golf influencer stratosphere and absolutely killing it. He currently resides in Wilmington, North Carolina, and is a member at River Landing Country Club, where he creates a lot of his content. We had an unreal chat with him, so let's get into it. Cheers. Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by Jackson Labs. We are here today on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, morning, whatever it is, and we're not pegging it, but fortunately we have some guests that actually keep us entertained to not really think about golf as much when we are blessed with this beautiful day, but we can move on from that and That's look smooth. at golf tomorrow. Yeah, is, that cheap di- is that cheap digs at me? I think it is. I'm it might like that's be. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, Parks. <laughs> well, we'll introduce you then first since uh, you know you want to peep up. Parks, how are we, dude? Sorry, man. I'm gonna apologize, guys. <laughs> we podcast on a sunny day. You guys could be out <laughs> golfing. I could be out mopping puddles in the rain. But uh, yeah, super stoked to be here. We have a fun guest today. Kind of living the uh, the ultimate dreamy lifestyle. So we'll get into more of that uh, later on in the show. But uh, yeah, just super stoked to be here with you boys as usual. Next up, Cody. What's happening? I'm proud to be here also. Uh, I'm, I need to get back on the course because I finally discovered that my lines are starting to get squared up, boys. My lines and everything's starting to come in sync. Mm-hmm. But until then, we're here. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Absolutely. And last but not least, the man in the lab, Tom, what's going on? Hey, boys. Uh, yeah, just excited to be here to dive into it with uh, our next guest. It, it'll be a good time. I really do wish that we were doing this on the golf course though today it is prime time here i can only imagine it's prime time down in north carolina today as well um yeah just let's do it absolutely and the man that we've been speaking of myrtle beach native big in the golf influencer sphere big time mr blair wheeler how are we good guys thanks for having me on the pod appreciate it and uh day here in north carolina too like you said it's uh i think about 85 and sunny it's always pretty windy here um but yeah it's it it hit 90 when i was playing the other day so it's toasty wow for our canadian friends that's Uh, like high 20s getting into the 30 range you're in the celsius range that's okay that's beautiful weather that's lovely so where were we you were saying before the pod you've been playing a bunch where were you uh getting out lately so I'm a member at River Landing Country Club in Wallace, North Carolina. It's about 30 minutes up uh, the interstate inland from me, um, but still like right on the river. Uh, and I play out there two or three times a week now, now that I uh, am laid off due to the coronavirus lockdown, like 30 million other Americans. I don't know how many Canadians have been affected by that stuff, Huge, but uh, probably a bunch. I'm going to guess. So uh, six million, yeah. six million, I think. Compared to the yeah, population forty million, Canada, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. that is a lot. That's yeah, like sixty no, no. million Americans. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of golf, playing out there, and still on my quest to break eighty, which might happen here soon. Keep keep this train rolling. It's going to happen for sure. Yeah, man, I'm trending down, so that's good. It's good sign. <laughs> How many times have you been on the mark of eighty? Uh, I've shot an eighty or eighty-one like seven times. Uh, just right there, hey. Yeah. <laughs> What's yep. what's failing you right now? We got to know. Like, what are you working on? What's your it's strategy? A little bit, here? It's a little bit of everything. Like, I can never get all parts of my game happening at once. But and I say that, but I did this past week when I played on Friday. Uh, I started the front, uh, my un, one under through seven, seven. Okay. And, and then I went. Double, triple, double. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, fuck, there goes that round. That uh, sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Start thinking yeah, about so, it. Game over. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it just kind of, I can't get everything clicking at one time. So it's just, a, and for me, it's a matter of like not looking at the score. When I start thinking about what I need to hit or trying to hit a shot, it, it just goes downhill. 
Like I've heard a lot of uh, people, pro golfers, really good golfers, people of all skill levels say like, and even other sports, like you get a, a pitcher in baseball saying like they have a no hitter going or whatever. They don't want to know. Yeah. Like I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I don't need to know my score. I just need to write down the number and keep going. Yeah. Just take it one shot at a time and kind of just not get too ahead of yourself. Yep. And even yeah. when I hit a bad shot on that like seven hole stretch on Friday, I uh, like I might blow one in the woods, right? Just punch it out. And I was like, okay, just punch it out. And the next one you're in the fairway if 120 in. So I just keep it simple and play it one shot at a time. That but, sounds good. That sounds good on paper. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Blair, I don't know. I don't know if you play with any. I play with a bunch of sick puppies up here that actually like to point out when you are going low. Like, for example, yesterday I was feeling it on the front nine and my buddies they like wow geez you're playing good wow look at you right oh yeah. geez this could be a career low it's like shut the fudge up man i started the back nine double bogey double bogey bogey right and it's like she gone, right? she gone. <laughs> same thing dude the guys i play with and i play with my father-in-law all the time who's way better than me i think he's like a six handicap uh and when i'm playing really good they always point it out. They're like, man, you're playing your best ever. And I was like, shut up. Like, I don't Thanks. need you. Yeah, Why? perfect. I know it in the back of my head. I don't need you to tell me. I just need yeah. you to go away. But the, the social distancing aspect of golf now, like you take your own car or you stand away from each other, it's actually helped me because I don't have to talk to people. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I can socialize and I can say like, oh, yeah, nice shot. And I can walk away, get you in my just- car, drive away. Those chirpers are out of your ear, so that's kind of good, I guess. Eh? Yeah, exactly. You have some pretty, you have some pretty influential, sort of high up PGA Tour level people that you're connected with on social media. Are those guys trying to feed you anything, or are you just kind of like, leave me alone? I'm going to do this on my own. No, like all those guys are are good guys. Scott Stallings, Andrew Jensen, he's a Canadian dude that I'm friends with. Um, yeah. They they they'll give me tips for sure, and, and I've always been one to take any advice I can get. And I take it with a grain of salt because if you get advice from a dude on the driving range, you don't know if he actually knows what he's talking about. There's a (laughs) thing that I've heard before. It's like taking golf advice from your buddy is like taking medical advice from a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So like guys like Scott or Andrew or some of the other guys that are, that I know that are basically pro golfers or PGA pros, I will take a lot of advice from them because they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It's like yeah, going to a personal trainer and it's like, okay, I want to see what you look like really before I start taking your advice, right? <laughs> exactly. That's cool. I heard an interesting story actually about, yeah, just talking about lessons and people giving advice. And Velasco told me this cool story about Jack Nicholas, how when he was on the range with Jack, Jack would be like, hey, tell me if I'm doing this, right? And then he's like, yeah, you're doing it. Oh, what you can do to correct it is this. And he's like, no, no, no. I think you got carried away there. I was just asking you if I was doing it, like not for the solution. I have the solution. I just need someone to let me know if I'm doing what I think I might be doing. So it kind of comes down to that. Like, yeah, sometimes you don't need the advice. You just, you know what you're working on. I was testing out some wedges yesterday and got some unsolicited advice on my wedge game. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm just looking for the numbers that I want with my game. Yeah. Like leave the little after sense out. Like ask me if I like these things, but yeah, from take there, my money. Yeah. Take my money <laughs> yeah. and I might be leaving if you keep talking. But that's a good segue into, can you take us way back to when you got into, let's just say golf. Let's start there is growing up. Yeah, so I grew up in Myrtle Beach, and I mean, most people in the golf world know of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's it's the golf capital of the world, also redneck haven for uh, those of you that watched Eastbound and Down. It's filmed in Myrtle Beach, based in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Shout out. Powers is a, is a hometown hero. So I grew up playing the game. My dad played uh, before he passed away. My mom had me in lessons and junior leagues and um, along with every other sport golf, football, baseball, soccer, surfing, obviously, um, and played everything. But I, I would always play golf in the summertime when it was nice outside, played in high school, and I was the worst player on the team. I joke with people and say, like, I was only playing golf on the high school team because the coach was cool with me, like, ditching practice and going surfing when the waves were good. And uh, 
like we had we played an amazing course down there. Our home course was the Dunes Club. It's a private nice. a private course. It's right on the ocean. It's beautiful. Still to this day, one of my favorite courses on the uh, Grand Strand. But um, yeah, played golf all through my childhood, growing up in the junior leagues, and then went to Coastal Carolina while DJ was there. And uh, yeah, it's I go. I've gone through peaks and valleys in my golf game. I've gotten the bug. I've like didn't want to touch a club for a while. Didn't touch a club for a few years. And then when I met my uh, now wife, her dad, like I said, he's a really good golfer. So the first thing he did when we met was he took me to play golf and smoked me. And I was like, I can't lose to this guy every time if I'm going to be in a relationship with his daughter. So <laughs> I got the bug. I guess that was six years ago, seven years ago now. And it's been all golf all the time, basically, since then. Did you play in college as well, or what was what was the college scene for you? I know you're you got into marketing and uh, media and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so I went to Coastal, got a degree in uh, communication and a minor in Spanish. Didn't play in college. I just I played casually with my buddies. You know, we, I took the golf elective course at Coastal, and just kind of uh, I was around the game, but I didn't actively seek out to go play you know all, i have a lot of friends that i still in i'm still in contact with that were in that the pgm program at coastal which is the pro golf management program and they have one of the best ones in the world some of my friends are like uh the pga pros at Wingfoot, or uh, one of my friends matt is that was until recently the pga pro at pinehurst you know right. uh, one of the one of the lead guys at pinehurst number eight i think and you know, it, it was a really cool experience to get to know those people, but yeah, I never really, I didn't play in college. I wasn't good enough. I mean, for me, a good score, like I said, is low eighties. Yeah. And college golf down there is a little bit different than college golf up here. I mean, yeah, you're all, all the guys in, in college are like studs. Yeah. I kind of wanted to go back into your history with your career and whatnot, because obviously, like you said, the waves of golf have kind of ebbed and flowed and you've now come back into it, but you had quite an interesting past before you got into golf with surfing. And how did that all lead into what you're doing now? And what were you doing before? Yeah. yeah being laid off. <laughs> yeah. From being laid off. So uh, I got laid off from Imperial headwear to golf brand, but they hired me to run the action sports outdoor and brewery division. Right. It was a new division for them. Unfortunately, coronavirus happened and like 30 million other Americans and six or seven million Canadians. I'm jobless, but it it's for a reason. Right. And now I'm focusing on social media and being a golf media person. Mm -hmm. So before that, like coming out of college with a degree in communication, I had surfed professionally, had some sponsors. And one of those was Hurley. Uh, they were owned by Nike at the time. And the owner of Hurley came up to me at a trade show. He's like, Hey Blair, I really like you. I want to hire you. And I was just like BSing with him. And I was like, Oh, you, you should, you definitely should. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to come work for you guys. And, uh, about a month later on Valentine's day in 2012 or 2013, I got a call and they're like, Hey, we have a job can you move to California by the end of the month? And I was like, okay. Oh, sure. Happy Valentine's sure. Day to you too, right? Yeah. I was like, sure, guys. So I'll, I'll be there by the 21st. Um, so I, my mom and I bought tickets to California, moved there, and took a marketing job with Hurley and started running the event marketing for them, ran like all the little surf events and retail events they had, working with smaller retailers. Um, eventually ran awesome. all the global events, all the stuff in the world surf league that they sponsor, um, the movie premieres, the athlete management stuff, like all that was under me. I had a team of like 40 people that were under me at one point. So Ooh, it was wild. How cool is that culture to be just like totally submersed in, especially because you come from a passionate surfing background. That's just yeah. gotta be like, yeah. wow, every day is awesome. I joke with people and say I was ruined out of college because I got my dream job like at 22 first, first. Yeah. my dream job at 23 and then every job I have for the rest of my life. I'm like, ah, yeah, 
not as good. Sucks. <laughs> just it's work. It's like it's work, but like I have a different outlook on it now, right? Like then, it it wasn't really work at Hurley. It was like I was doing things and doing work and doing my job. Did it pretty well, I think. But it was it was so much fun that it wasn't really work. A lot of play involved. A in lot that. of play, but then transitioning. Like I left Hurley, we moved back to the East Coast and got my job at Imperial, ran sales, sales and marketing for the action sports division. And uh, yeah, that was that was an amazing time, too. It was cool to start something new with those guys. And unfortunately, uh, a global economic and uh, uh, medical pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. What, what made you want to move back to the East Coast and like leaving that dream job? California is a great place to live and it was a great place to experience. I missed home and I missed having like, well, one, you can never afford a home in California, right? Unless you're making like a half million to a million dollars a year, buying a home in California is out of the question. You're renting for the rest of your life. So I was like, look, Alex, Alex is my wife. Um, we can move to North Carolina or South Carolina today and buy a house, like Mm -hmm. buy a, a nice house. So we talked about it, thought about it, prayed about it and decided that it was a time if we were going to start a family, if we were going to do the things that we wanted to do personally, we needed to be back on the East coast. She's from the East coast. I am as well. And it just made sense. And it's kind of similar ish landscape ish culture ish. It's not totally California, but I I've had the pleasure of being out in Myrtle beach and, and being on the water and stuff like that. And it's a pretty dope place to be, but not quite California. Yeah. But I mean, you're surfing out there, right? Yeah. I surfed this morning. Um, I don't surf as much, but I surfed this morning and it's, we were choosing between Charleston, South Carolina and Wilmington and Virginia beach where my wife's from. Right. Like I don't like Virginia beach. So that was out. Charleston's my favorite city in the world. So that was an option. And then Wilmington, Wilmington's very similar to Charleston has a lot of history. I love history. I'm a history buff. Um, and has like a good restaurant culture, a good bar culture, that sort of thing. Close to the beach, the waves are pretty consistent here. And there's a lot of industries in both places, right? So we can get jobs pretty easily. Um, and yeah, made that decision. We chose Wilmington, thankfully. We love it here. Just bought a new home in Porter's Net Country Club. And Congrats, man. That's very cool. Yeah. Exciting. Mid- middle of a pandemic where, like I said, 30 million people are laid off. We bought a home and have twins on the way. So it's a... It's a crazy wow. making money. Wow. I like it. Yeah. Teacher's looking good, man. That, well, you know what? You got positive things to take your mind off. Yeah. What's it's, happening in the world. You, know, so. you have to stay positive. Otherwise you just like, it gets weird. Yeah. I got two quick questions. Does the yeah. wife golf or surf? She surfs. Sometimes she would rather lay out on the beach and have a, have a nice cold drink. Um, she doesn't play golf. She's tried. She's she would rather drive the golf cart and again have a mimosa or a yeah standard <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah cool. part two of that question Parksy no that was kind of it I was just kind of I was more interested <laughs> you know what I'm re- you know what's really pressing in my mind right now I really want to know how your trip to Lowe's was this morning <laughs> that, was my, that was my question man I wanted to know what yeah. was going on, right so <laughs> some backstory right like I got the times mixed up. I thought we were doing this at 1 p.m. Eastern, oh, yeah, it's all good. 11. It's okay. Um, and they called me and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm at Lowe's. And they're like, oh, you're supposed to be in the podcast. I was like, oh, crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyways, Lowe's was wild. It's like it's the weirdest <laughs> thing because like everything's closed, right? Like restaurants are closed and they're talking about not having elections in November. But you can go to Lowe's or you can go to like a, hair, uh, like a food a grocery store or something. And it's packed. Yeah. Like there's probably 400 people at Lowe's this morning. <laughs> Explain wow. that to me. Like how wow. is that? It's the same thing in Canada, man. It just makes no sense. Like they're talking about opening up restaurants with plexiglass dividers and having like it's, it's serving it's, staff and Darth Vader gear. And it's like, how is that any worse than going to the grocery store where there's 70 people? And they don't yeah. wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. up? I mean, most of the grocery stores here, the staff are wearing masks. But at the same time, it's like, 
uh, and this goes into the conspiracy theory stuff that I told you guys. Uh, let's get into that. Here <laughs> uh, we go. This I've is why it. I'm here. Tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat. <laughs> tinfoil hat. So, I mean, I was reading this thing yesterday, and they're saying that the particles from coronavirus are so small that the masks don't matter. So mm. it's going through the mask if you're sick, and if you're not sick, then the max masks don't matter anyways because you can only get it if you like touch your hands or somebody coughs on you. That theory was kind of out there from day one, really like the that North Korean or South Korean doctor that came out and said like, look, the masks are not going to prevent you contracting it. It's well, not even going to help the spread. It's mainly to stop you touching your face. That's it. The mask really does nothing. The guy from, uh, his name's Fauci. He's like the head yeah. pandemic guy under Trump, right? And he even said, like, you can go back and find this video on YouTube because I didn't believe it and I did find it. He said in 2010, during the like H1N1 virus pandemic, you shouldn't wear masks and you shouldn't quarantine because you can't quarantine yourself for a whole flu season. And there's, it does no reason because it just lowers your immune system. And then you go back out in public and your immune system is lower and you're going to get sick anyways. And then masks do nothing because, again, it lowers your immune system and you're just going to get sick anyways. So he said that in 2010 or in 2020, 10 years later, and he's like flipped this script entirely. It's, it's the craziest thing. Yeah, there's a lot of roads that you can go down with how they're dealing with us. I mean, you look at the WHO. In February, they said that it couldn't even be contracted from human to human. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> like, what? In February? They don't even know what they're doing, man. And they're just, it's funny because, like, you wonder if they're just trying to create spikes, ebbs and flows in an industry or, like, what the real bottom line behind the scene, like, evaluation of this is I, I wish we had transparency but you know as as we know politics isn't like that have you guys seen the video of the head of the world health organization getting interviewed by the person from the bbc or best where she's from best video from, but she's like hey let's talk about taiwan and how they're handling it and he just basically turns off the video sorry you cut out there so oh you're back well, we can talk about taiwan uh no we're gonna move on china said <laughs> not to talk about taiwan yeah <laughs> And so why, 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 why did they pass on that question then? Because China, because China is basically paying for the WHO. They have their hand in the WHO's back pocket and China, I mean, you know, all the turmoil with, um, between Taiwan, Hong Kong, all these places, like, it's like that's a rogue Chi state, yeah, that's China's basically. land, but they don't want to like Taiwan and Hong Kong don't want, they want sovereignty. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they don't want to bring it up in something like this because now it's like, Oh, who are you defending? Are you going to defend the people that are paying you or are you going to defend those people? Mm -hmm. The pandemic, baby. That's what it is right now. That movie's mm -hmm. wild. Did you guys watch <laughs> it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. I it's interesting. This, even, though, even though China's been buying up industry and investing in, in the market here and in North America too throughout this whole thing. So it really like plays into that whole piece. Like what's really happening? Dude, it's crazy. Like even in Myrtle Beach, right? There's... I think 120 golf courses in like a, a 40 mile span or 30 mile span. Ch a bunch of Chinese investors came in and bought like 40 or 50 of them. Whoa. And this is happening for the last five years. Like the course nuts, I grew man. up on that my mom still lives on some Chinese guys bought it. And I think it's the same group that are buying all the other ones. Um, and a lot of other ones are like falling off the face of the earth. Like they are, they're so terrible that you don't even want to pay your money to go to play them. And it's still expensive. They're still keeping the greens fees at like 67, 65, to like $85, wow. which is pretty expensive. Uh, I just, I just got to play like ignorant maybe because it's early morning, but why are the Chinese coming in and buying in 40 or 50 golf courses in that area? They love to pay. Cause they're all cheap right now. They love to peg. <laughs> <laughs> Prime time tea times, buddy. Yeah. Come on. That's right. Buy, yeah, buy I, guess, I guess I can't eat that. Yeah, I don't eat that. <laughs> I do have a question about, yeah, local golf down there in uh, North Carolina. Like, yeah, what are you paying to go play at like a municipal track? Like all, all the golf courses, like what's the cost of golf out there? Yeah. So the local city track is the Wilmington Municipal Course. Um, the no laying up guys came out, came out here. I guess it was like earlier this year, April, March or April. Yeah. Or no, we're in April. This is May. So it was probably, it was probably like October. They, they were here. Yeah. Cause it was cold. Yeah. It was cold. Um, 
cold's relative because you guys yeah. are real cold. So, <laughs> Frozen bucket of water on the first tee, though, so that says yeah. something. Yeah, so, I mean, to play the city course here, I think it's like 18 or $21 to walk 18, and then it's another $6 with a cart. Wow. Six dollars. That is yeah. insane. <laughs> I'd take two. Yeah. So yeah. it's like twenty-seven dollars to play eighteen holes with a cart. Um, and then if you're like you're going to a private course, right? Like there's a couple of really nice private courses around here. Eagle Points one, but that's completely private and you can't even get on. Landfall's one that's really close, and it's like ninety-five dollars to play as a guest. Okay. The course, the course I'm a member of, River Landing, it's like I think it's sixty five dollars if you're a guest. So it's okay. still, it's not bad. It's not super expensive. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's nice. That's nice. Is that relative to the economy though? Like Cody, I know you're all excited about that, but I've been down there and I know it's not one of the most thriving economies. So is that is that price point kind of relative to you know else? I think Wilmington's kind of kind of an anomaly because of how much industry we have here. Like one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world that my wife works for is based here in Wilmington. They have an office in London. They have an office in Hong Kong. They have an office in Wuhan, like all over the place, right? They're working on cures for coronavirus. Um, We have that here. There's huge banking industries. And then just up the road, two hours, you have Raleigh and the Triangle. That's like all the pharmaceutical companies, all the big banks. Charlotte has a lot of big banking and Charlotte's about three hours away. So North Carolina and Wilmington in particular is a little bit of an of an anomaly because of the affluent consumer you have. Um, but like in in comparison, Myrtle Beach has always been seen as like a cheap vacation destination. I think you said you've been to Myrtle Beach. So yeah. I mean, but pe- but the prices are priced there from my perspective. To they're priced up a little bit because they're getting people from. Canada from yeah, uh, tourists, from York, right? They're getting that, that market, right? Like I can go play in Myrtle beach with a local discount for like 40 bucks, which is, oh, nice. like, I think it's really cheap. Yeah. That's uh, good value for sure. Yeah. Or you can come down as a, as a tourist and pay 85. So, and, and people think that's a deal. I think you touched on something interesting there with the the old. I think we we need to get a private detective here now because you just touched on the pharmaceutical companies working out of Wuhan and <laughs> Chinese people buying up all the golf courses. I'd like to know if there's some paper trail between that, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if her company has an office in Wuhan. I know they're in China, but I don't know where it is. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's great. That's crazy that you're you're gonna expose the pod to any sort of conspiracies that people are. Just, <laughs> so I gotta get this right back on. So just in case, golf Blair, what are you swinging? What's in the bag, Monfrere? What kind of hammers you got? So I have a, a Cobra Speed Zone driver, which I love. Has a a Project X sixty five gram even flow shaft. Yeah. Shout out Pearl Jam. It's a nice shaft. Yep, See, I like just it. got a new Cobra. Golf traders. Yeah. Did you? Just picked it up yesterday. Smashed it around. Scraped the surface of the moon a couple times, but uh, we knocked that down. Yeah, <laughs> I love mine. It's it's a good club. Um, I just got it in, I guess, February. Um, and went and got fit for the the F9 3-wood the other day. So we'll see if I put that in the bag. Because I have a TS3 3-wood. And I absolutely like love that club. That's mm-hmm. that's my go-to club if I'm hitting it bad. Like I can pick up my TS3 Titleist three wood and smoke one right down the middle. Like that. What kind of irons are you playing? I have uh, AP twos, Titleist AP twos. Perfect. KBS C taper one thirty gram shafts. One thirties. Wedges. Wedges. I have. Uh, a 52, 56, and 60 degree Vokies. So, what's up? And tell us that Scott Stallings has hooked you up with one of his Scotty cameras for a putter, right? No, I do have a Scotty, but it was a uh, it was a gift from my father in law when I got engaged. Right? He was he didn't get my wife anything. Got me a he got me a Scotty though. And then my buddy down the street, uh, Cameron, he's a, a a custom club guy. He just redoes clubs and that's he has a side business he's also a professor at university of north carolina wilmington and he just refinished my putter 
and it's all black with like shine. It's a matte black finish with shiny black dots on it. It's so sick. Oh, nice. Deadly. Hopefully yep. that's going to help you break 80. <laughs> is it, is it close to you right now? Can you show us? Uh, I can grab it. It's in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Grab it. Let's do yeah, it. For sure. Let's get some gear on here. No rush. No rush. Let's play the harp while we wait. Let's give it the reveal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I like a good map. That is nice. Looking like Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm down with that. All blacked out. Deadly. Newport 2, Newport 1.5. Yeah, select Newport 2. A new for two, yeah, okay. That's cool. a real nice father-in-law. We should give him a shout-out for that treat. What's his name? John Kugelka. He's he's the plug. Shout-out, John. You're the man. That's a nice gift right there. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't buy his daughter anything, but he bought his <laughs> son-in-law to be. So maybe that was like his, like, hey, bud, here's a putter. Work on the putting. Let's let's pick this game up. A That's bit. exactly it, because my <laughs> until recently, my putting's been trash. So yeah, He's just trying there to find go. a partner to make some money with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little ham and exactly. egg story. Exactly. Blair, when you got into the game, did you take lessons from anyone or are you self-taught or how did that kind of narrative go to where we're trying to break 80 now? Yeah. So I, like I said, my mom's had me in golf from the time I could probably swing a club. I was taking lessons from Brad Redding at the Grand Dunes golf club, golf course in Myrtle Beach. He was a top 100 uh, like PGA pro at the time. And this is probably like 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No, I was in high school 2010. So this is probably like 2000. Frick. 2004. Quavid's got the time warp on everyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I was doing some quick math and it wasn't really quick. It was like, okay, I graduated college 2008. So that means I was in high school from 2000 and four to 2008. So I was taking lessons from him like 2003 and like eighth grade to 2007. Sophomore, junior year of high school. That's a pretty big commitment on lessons, man, for a guy that was like wanting to ditch and go surfing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but I'm, I'm really competitive, which is why like I got into other things like CrossFit or, or whatever um, is because like I'm super competitive. So I wanted to beat all my friends and all my friends were like really good golfers, right? Like one of my buddies that I play with all the time went to college or I guess we had a team of eight guys. I was the eighth guy. Six of them played college golf. Oh, wow. So like, I was like, okay, well I want to beat these guys. I I really do. I mean, when the waves are good, I want to go surfing, but I really want to beat these guys. So I, I definitely wanted to take lessons because I mean, golf is something that you, very few people can just step up and learn it themselves, right? Like how many guys on tour are self-taught? Like I can only think of one. A handful, yeah, for sure. Bubba. Absolutely. Like Bubba's the only one I can think of that's self-taught. Yeah. Hey, Preston, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. But there's very few people that can just step up and have that natural ability to like make clean contact, make clean impact, and not hit a slice or a, a duck hook every time. So, yeah. Or even make contact. So, so yeah, lessons are something that, People hit me up all the time on social media and they're like, Hey, look at my swing. What do you think of it? Do you have any tips? For <laughs> you don't want mine. You don't want my advice. <laughs> like find a PGA professional, find somebody that's in your, in your area, in your province, in your state, in your city and pay the money to get some, get some lessons. It will be worth it. I promise. Exactly. Like, whatever the cost is, it's worth it. And just an unrelated note there before we segue, remember when you go to see your PGA professional in around your city, please don't mention that you saw this on YouTube as an entry. Just as a, just yeah. As a point. yeah. I mean, there's some great things on YouTube that you can learn from. Like I'm friends with the guys from me and my golf, Piers and Andy, and they have a lot of great information that you can learn from. And But at that point, you have to know a little bit about the game. You have to know how to swing, how to do this, that, and the other. Like I watch videos from time to time just to get like a little chipping knowledge or like putting. If I'm having a slump in something, I'll go look on YouTube to find a little like nugget of information that I can take and try. But yeah, swing swing thought for sure, absolutely. I'm not going to to YouTube to try to learn how to swing a club. <laughs> that's a dangerous right. That's a dangerous rabbit hole. Yeah, it is. So speaking of the online fans and 
what are kind of some of the goals that you have moving forward with what you're doing as an influencer and seeing like what you can do? Yeah, I, it's, it's weird. Like I, I have a hard time thinking of myself as an influencer, as like this media personality, because uh, I'm a normal guy in, at the end of the day. I until recently had a real job. Um, <laughs> for me, like I want to use my platform for like the 27, whatever thousand people that follow me. I want to use my voice to encourage people to like, you can play better golf, give people some knowledge about like how I'm getting better, like what I'm doing. It's not necessarily what they should be doing, but these are the things that I'm doing. And primarily like through fitness, right? Like fitness is something that I'm really passionate about. I've always been a gym rat. I like, like I said, played a bunch of sports growing up and spent. Yeah, you're a maniac, man. Let's just pause right there. Let's talk about the wad for a minute here. Like you've been, yeah. you've been stepping it up here. We connected with uh, Golf Wad a while back. Wanted to implement this fitness challenge. Got connected with, with him, and then got connected with Scott. And and you're like right in there, just jamming on these guys, chirping these guys all the time. So tell us yeah. about, a little bit about that. So, like I said, I'm a gym rat. I've always loved the gym. I love competing as well. So like for an average person and, and it's not for everybody. I will disclaimer that like CrossFit is <laughs> not for everybody. If you're just picking up weights and trying to do it at your house, probably not the smartest thing. Um, but I love CrossFit because it's a competition against somebody else or the clock every day. Every time you walk into the gym, you're striving to beat something. Right. And that's always something like, it's just always fun and always new, right? So Scott and and Mike from Golf Wad, like they're doing really cool things like through fitness and, and I'm trying to do the same thing just through my voice. And Scott is a beast. I'll just, just say that. Mm-hmm. He's a maniac, man. A maniac. Like that guy is absolutely the most fit tour player for sure out there. He's yeah. just like absolutely shredded. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I did it's good for him. Out. I did a workout that he posted the other day and I was like, Oh, that sounds easy. Like I could probably be around your time. And I think, I think my time was like a minute and a half slower. So a minute and a half is a lot when you start talking about. He's training with UFC guys. Like this is not like an easy workout. He has a sign that says the rent is due every day, right? Like (laughs) that guy's hardcore is yeah. They come. I like it though. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's it's good stuff. Diving into just more of the enterprise aspect of Blair Wheeler Industries, right? Um, getting connected with sponsors. How was that journey? I kind of want to know, like, yeah, obviously surfing is a huge part of your world too, and golf. Like, are there brands that you're connecting with that, like, you ultimately want to tie those things together for people, and like, that's what you're doing, and just yeah, shed a little light on that. Yeah, it's. Sponsors are weird, especially for somebody like me, right? Because I'm just an average person. I just happen to have 20-some thousand people that follow me or, or 30,000 if you add up all the platforms, Very, a little more. Um, but it, it's strange that – I feel like it's strange people are approaching me saying, hey, we love what you do. We want to partner with you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's cool because it then gives me the opportunity to – tell new stories about people that are connected with that brand or that brand's story or that brand's products to my community. And I take a different look at those things than other people do. I try to make sure that whoever I partner with, whether it be like last year I was sponsored by Michelob Ultra, right? It's a beer company. Mm -hmm. Like, will that sponsorship add value? Like, can I provide something to my community they wouldn't get otherwise? And is it something that I would actually go buy? Right. right. I, I don't need to go get sponsors. Well, now I do, but, um, like, uh, I don't need shout out sponsors. Anybody interested in Blair Wheeler? There we go. I'm a, I'm a free agent. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm a big fan of marketing, advertising, branding, whatever. And David Ogilvy, like the godfather of modern advertising, like that was his whole philosophy was like, if I'm going to be marketing and advertising this product, i damn well better be willing to use it so if i'm going to be doing clorox products like the only thing i'm ever going to use is clorox because like yeah the best way to sell something is if you're fully committed to it and that's kind of cool 
how do you approach establishing that working relationship with these brands? Like, is that, do you have your terms that you're like, this is kind of how I like to work? Do they have their term? Like, how do you kind of work that whole thing out? You know, being in the marketing world, I kind of see both sides of it from the athlete side, from the, well, athlete ambassador side, which is the side I'm on now. Previously, I was on the marketing side. Like, I was the one managing the budget. I was the one saying, like, this is what we want from you. This is what we expect from you. So I try to take it, take a different look for it. I don't have set terms that I say, these are what you have to meet to work with me. I kind of say, like, all right, guys, like, what are your goals? Like, what do you, from the brand, like, what do you want to get out of this? What do you want to see from me other than sales numbers? Because social media isn't a sales platform podcasts aren't a sales platform. It's right. all about brand awareness and telling a story. So like, what do you want to see from me? Do you want to see brand awareness? Do you want to see conversions? Do you want to see uh, storytelling aspects? What are those KPIs that you have or those key performance indicators? And how can we do those? So I try to take it case by case and say, all right, well, these are what you're looking for. This is what it's going to cost for that. And, and we can work within the budget, whatever you have especially if I like the brand a lot, if I'm going to be, if I'm already buying their products anyways, you know, I probably don't need to get paid. Just give me some free stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. Try to take a little different approach and say, how do we take what your goals are and fit it into what I'm doing rather than how do I do what you want me to do? Right. And do you guys typically set like a timeline, like in order to build this out, to reach these goals, this could potentially take six months or a year or is it kind of like, let's yeah, roughly. I mean, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where I've had to, I've, I've got an agent now, which is crazy. Okay. Uh, and we try to look at things like, all right, well, what's this going to look like long-term one year, two year, six year, you know, that's, and that's the timeline I would rather have. I don't want to do anything that's going to be a month long, commitment. I want to do stuff that's going to be like relationships. Long term. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term. Like I want to create relationships with people, with my community, with brands to tell like really in-depth stories. And, and and that's just my career in marketing. Like that's all what I always did was tell stories and create events and create community, which is just what I'm trying to do just on a personal level now. Yeah. It helps with the belief system too. If they see you bouncing around all the time, they're going to be like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Exactly. I can't figure it out. But yeah. if you're like long-term, yeah. yeah there's sure. people that I see on Instagram, other influencers, I guess that they're hawking a different CBD brand every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a good look. No bad face for sure. Yeah. Yep. So moving forward with your sponsors, then obviously when things open up, whenever that may be, we don't know, but do you have any like trips planned with them that you're trying to collaborate with? Like are you trying to go play in Europe somewhere? Or are you trying to go down South? You know, what kind of courses are we looking here? You know, it's very strange right now. People are marketing budgets are like put on pause. Like there's not really anything happening. I have a couple of conversations that we're having right now um, that I can maybe share in a couple of weeks. But like, as far as trips go, like I would love to play in Europe. I have twins on the way and they're due, due sure, in yeah. June or July. So my travel is going to be. Congrats for locally. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super cool. Um, but thinking I, you might just have room to come up to Canada. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I was. Actually, have, have you been I, to Canada? We need to ask that question. We haven't gotten into that yet. I have, but I was planning a trip to uh, BC last um, May. Tobiano. 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 Yeah. And then I, well, I was going to Whistler. And, oh, uh, yeah. that works too. Deadly. Yeah. I was going to Whistler, but then I got invited to go to Portugal. And I was like, well, I've been to Canada and I've never been to uh, so, Portugal. Go to Portugal. And as a surfer, you're like, uh, yeah, I'll be going to Portugal. I'll go to Portugal. Yeah. Well, BC <laughs> has good waves too in Tofino. Yeah. Tofino, yeah. Some Just of the best cold on, the, uh, on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I have some good friends that live out there. Yeah. Deadly. That's a cool, cool spot. Cody, I think it's time for uh, rapid fire. What do you think? Uh, it's a segment that used to happen a long time ago. Some people love it, some people hate it, but it seems that it's making a small resurgence, a resurgence of just being able because you talk about like building your brand and like that was beautiful to me because it just resonates on so many key points that we touch on is that it's yeah. like, yeah, the longevity, like who you are, what is what are you interested in? And so in order to get our listeners to know you better. What's the first club you hit on the driving range? Pitching wedge. 
What's the last club? Driver. Do you see? I asked because I don't hit driver, and sorry, I'm just getting my line squared. Selfish. Glove or no glove? <laughs> glove. Well, it depends. It depends. Uh-oh. 50 yards and in, no glove. 50 yards and out, glove. What? Yeah. Really? That's freaky. That's freaky. I, but we like that. Yeah, I think that's the same as like eating like a tuna sub at Subway at like 10 o'clock. It's kind of weird, but I like that if that's how you get down, right? <laughs> Where? What is your career low again? 78. And your weakest part of your game? Varies. Every day is, the, is a new weak, weak spot. What about your strongest? Varies. Every day is a new strong spot. <laughs> player A, player B, player C, right? Uh, player D and player E. Oh, man. If, yeah, you could, if you could select three sponsors of products or brands that you truly believe in that you aren't affiliated with currently, who were the three companies that you'd like to get mixed up with? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, maybe... Lululemon because oh yeah um White Claw (laughs) are you slamming a White Claw right now I think I saw a can yeah yeah, I figured um and uh Rogue Fitness oh yes yeah I would love to get a kitted out home gym and if you got if Rogue Fitness sees this please I will be forever We'll, we'll tag them (laughs) <laughs> Tag them, please. Rogue Canada, Rogue USA. Yeah, 100%. This will yeah. definitely be your clip for when we pump it on the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and, my, and my last question is we like to, everyone's drawn, what's your dream golf day? How would you draw it up? Your tea time, your preparation? Is it lunch, breakfast, falling into dinner? What does it look like, Blair? I'm actually going uh, to have a dream golf day in a couple next week at Pinehurst. So, nice. Yeah. Huh? And what is what? Te- what time? What time do you love to tip it off at? Are you a morning guy, afternoon? I'm like a mid morning person. I like to get up, have a, and this is my dream day. So yeah, up, give it to me. Get up, have a little stretch, like get your body moving. Go to have breakfast. Have three eggs, um, like a muffin or three eggs, toast, and avocado, and then do a little workout, like. Get the blood moving, get the muscles. This is up. like tour player hair regime. Okay, yeah. keep going, keep going. Go the range, have a full 45 minutes to an hour, hitting, start with pitching wedge, hit like 50% pitching wedges, work the way up to driver. The last shot I hit on the range is a driver, go putt for a little bit and tee off. And then take, take it deep. Tell yeah. us who you're playing with too when you get through this whole thing. And look- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going. So you tee off, you play well. And specifically at Pinehurst, like because Pinehurst is one of my favorite places in the world. Highly recommend it. If any of your listeners can have the opportunity to go, it's 100% worth the money every time you play any of the courses out there. It's amazing. Have lunch and then you can go play the cradle, which is their nine hole short mm-hmm. course. You can play it barefoot in t-shirts with like two or three clubs. You can play with a putter if you want. There's music playing, there's drinks. Do that, and then that, that's my dream day. And I'm going to awesome. go do it in a couple weeks. Oh, I wish we could come join you. If that border was open, we'd be going. Yeah, we'd be renting a yellow bus and bringing down 30 people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buckle up for the two-day journey, folks. <laughs> you might have to drive, too. We're going to get the RV dialed in here, boys, I think. Like, this is just all these stories, especially on the East Coast, guys, that we got on the show. It's just, like, makes me want to get down there. How far away is Medina? How far away is Medina? We got to go see Eva. It's pretty far from Medina. <laughs> I have no idea it's the landscape. Chicago. It's like a halfway point. It'd be a good halfway <laughs> point realistically, though. Like, actually. I don't even Illinois? know where that is. So. Medina, Illinois? Yep. Oh, yeah, just outside it. Chicago. So, what that's are you, like 10 hours? <sighs> Maybe longer. Really? Maybe longer. 15? Yeah. I don't 20? know. I've never... I never, I don't play, I don't go to the Midwest often. When I was working with Imperial, I did. I'd go to St. Louis all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's far. Jump in the that's, bus. We'll be there in 10 hours, Mon. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> in the Mecca of golf. So I don't know. You don't really need to go anywhere. If you're going to go anywhere, uh, like Myrtle Beach is closed. Piners is closed. Yeah. Uh, we can go to Florida, go to Georgia. I'm about yeah. three and a half hours from Augusta. So, of course, of course Florida's open. Florida's yeah, you can do anything you want down there right now. 
Oh man, they're crazy. So much fun. <laughs> hey Blair, just quickly, uh, where can our listeners get get action on Blair Wheeler and find you and locate you and all that kind of stuff? Obviously, Instagram just at Blair Wheeler, YouTube. Just search me. I'll show up on YouTube. My YouTube channel is new-ish, so not as much content there, not as much action, but it's growing. Um, just started a podcast recently, so Ooh, give the name of it. Guys, hop on my podcast and do a little back and Deadly. forth. Uh, it's called Golf and Stuff with Blair, and nice. it's about golf, but also about other stuff like of stuff, and politics, and all kinds of stuff. Perfect. Um, and then Twitter, Facebook. LinkedIn, awesome. Kind of everywhere. Awesome. I'm kind of everywhere. Yeah, you're 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 pretty uh, you're pretty accessible. There's lots of lots of good info on the web about you too. So you're a pretty stand up guy. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show today, man. Just awesome. want to thank you from all the guys here. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure. We appreciate your time and all the best in the future. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, we'll hop off here and we can go watch Rory, Ricky, Dustin, and Matt Wolf tee off here in about a few minutes. Before we go, who do you got today? Oh, man. Probably Rory and DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went to <laughs> DJ as a coastal guy. I like Rory. Um, I don't know. Ricky's not rolling the ball very well. So, got to take They're him. bombers. Those are the bombers. Wolf's sure. going to get a Gucci out there for sure, man. He's going to get so Gucci. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again, Blair, for your time. And, yeah, we're looking forward to jumping on your pod, and we'll uh, – We'll let you go and you can get back to your home improvement. Appreciate you. While you guys are watching the golf, I got to get a lead on a bus here, folks. Because, like, we're coming. It's just, let me yeah. know. Come on. All right. We'll That'll do be it. fun, man. So much fun. All right, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks again, dude. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Take care. All the best. Good luck with the twins. Peace, Yay. brother. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Hello, 4Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Actor of Nation, and thank you for listening to the 4Jack Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.